Fly Nerd Group was recorded live at Mess in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, USA. Hey, yo, we are back. Blah, blah, blah. What up, what up? The Fly Nerd Group is in the building. I am Coach E. Soulstar. I'm Kaz G. With Scott Free. And of course, we got a special guest. Please introduce yourself, my friend. Hey, yo, yo, this is K.O. Razin, a.k.a. Old Man Fanboy up in the place K-O. to be. Yo. And we are taking. A in the square, man. A in the neck, Come on, man. Oh, oh, okay. I got to say, I listened to the episodes where y'all were talking about the Nacro album and the Nacro show, and that shit was dope to hear. So I just got to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. yeah you thanks, are you man. are a big part of that night. Yeah, yeah man. Big part, big of, that part night. of everything, bro. Yo. Yeah, big part of the whole yeah, you did. The whole yeah, thing. yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The whole thing. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons we brought you in because outside of, outside of the hip hop, you are also a comic book fan. Yes, right. I am a comic book fan, and like in like all the neighborhoods like I lived in, I was like the comic book fan of like the neighborhood. You know, like yeah. So yeah, and, and today's show we're gonna take a we're gonna take a, a extra special look at the '70s, the music, the comics, the movies, mm. and mm-hmm. and just how it um, has inspired what is happening. You know, currently. Yeah, right. I, I was there for some of the 70s. Yeah, you were there yeah. for some of them. <laughs> yeah. You were there for some of them. More, some more, of them. Than, more than a, a couple of other of us. That's, that's why I'm old man fanboy. Ah. <laughs> so so what were the influences that led you to to what you, to the art that you create today? What influenced you? What from that time? What from the 70s, from the your, your beginnings Okay, definitely brought, brought you to today? I mean, it was definitely uh, comic books and uh, the music. uh uh, hip hop was, you know, kind of getting going uh, mm-hmm. in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, my mother like had a huge vinyl and eight track collection. You know what I'm saying? Like everything. So I just right. heard everything. I heard Curtis Blow. I heard P Funk. I heard Rick James. My mother was a big Prince fan. I heard from the first album that came out when I was probably like four. I heard like the Prince albums, and every time he came right. out with a new album. I heard it because she just played it around the house. Right. The, the fish that saved Pittsburgh uh, soundtrack, nice. all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dope, dope. So, so what were you read? What what comics were you reading at that time? Like, like, with, what were you exposed to? What where did you go and buy your comics? Um. Well, the earliest comics I can remember, like reading, was probably like some Mickey Mouse comic books, of like course. the Disney stuff, yeah. uh, maybe the Archie stuff, uh, and then. I think my earliest comic books, my uncle was a big comic book fan. So okay. uh, he would like slide stuff to me. And then uh, my mom's uh, husband at that time, like her uh, boyfriend, uh, he had a huge collection. So he would slide stuff, you know. So I was reading like, you know, random issues because, yeah. you know, I didn't have like money to go like buy every issue. So right. random issues of Spider-Man, Avengers, uh, Savage Sword of Conan. I thought that shit was yeah, so I'm, dope. I'm a, I'm, a big, I'm a big Conan fan <laughs> yo, myself, man. Yo, so, yeah. I'll, I was gonna bring the omnibus, but that's that, that was too big and shit. Yeah, so um, just all kinds of Marvel stuff, DC stuff, uh, some of those old uh, Legion of Superheroes digest books, yeah. uh, Archie Double Digest. So pretty much uh, everything. Yeah. Okay, and so so then you you were in the comics at the same time of as black exploitation was happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And so so we we then see that 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 movement, and I, I know Kaz probably has. Him being the the cinematographer, photography guy, director, mm. Renaissance man that he is. <laughs> See, I big up you there, fam. Oh, good one. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure that 
the, the, the <laughs> cinema of that time uh, played a heavy role into what into what you got into. Absolutely. And then also that crossed over eventually into the comics. So what what's what's your take on the black exploitation cinema that and how it influenced the culture of the time? Well, it influenced the culture majorly. I mean, from albums that's made today is from some of the stuff that happened during that time. Um, pretty much like when my earlier years when I heard black exploitation, it was kinda like a bad type of moniker to yeah. it because it was cheaply made and you know just thrown together but now if you look at it as a filmmaker it's just indie art you know what yeah. i mean it's an indie film so um no it birthed a lot of shit pam greer you know yeah. foxy brown you know what i mean shaft you know what i mean um superfly you know during the time yeah. you know it is hey. what it is it was hey. a reflection hood, hood heroes hood heroes, hood heroes. Was a reflection yeah. of what was going on out there so uh you know, it was, I, I think it was dope, man. Like, we talked about Dolomite before. Yes, we have. And, you know, the influences of that and the connection he have with rap being, like, one of the first, like, pretty much rap or rhyme form performers. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, on the stage or in cam on camera, you know? So um, it birthed a lot of stuff, and it drove and influenced music, you know? Yeah. Definitely, definitely, and and we would be, we, I would be remiss to not acknowledge that uh, our own Scott Free is a man of the seventies. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this episode is called that seventies episode. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Having been born in nineteen seventy, I was there for all of it, wow. and was a comics fan from uh, well, from as long as I can remember. Some uh, early issues. There was a Batman that uh, I always remember uh, being around the house, including also a giant-sized edition. Yes. That included the first, uh, what was it, Detective Comics number... 27. 27, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Back where Batman was a stone-cold killer. Um, and then, yeah, I came up on uh, Avengers. Um, you know, I was a sucker for... Uh, Honestly, a lot of the toy tie-in stuff. Um, so your Micronauts. Wow. Um, wow. Godzilla comics. Marvel yes. had a Godzilla series Godzilla that Dum-Dum yeah. uh, Duggan was uh, one of the tie-ins. Shield was yeah, tracking Shield, Shield was Godzilla. tracking Godzilla. <laughs> really? That yeah. was my jam. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, no, it was kind of amazingly terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm seven. What the fuck do I care? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been... Uh, been a comics reader since probably 1974, something nice. like that. So right. I, I have a thing or two to say. So also, old man fanboy there. Yo, yeah, I was there for uh, uh, a few years after uh, Scott Free. I was born in 75. And uh, so definitely, you know, I don't think I saw too many black exploitation films when I was younger. I definitely watched a lot of like old movies on TV, but it was mostly like the old black and white like monster films. Right. Um, I remember seeing like Blackula, you know what I'm saying? Definitely yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I think I saw like some of the other stuff later in life, like the Mac and everything. Like yeah, right, yeah, when right, I was yeah, growing, yeah. I went back and watched all that mm. stuff. Uh, Pam Greer. Right. You can't take your eyes off Pam Greer, you know? All things. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. She is uh, very pleasing to behold. I mean, I think if I would have seen like the Foxy Brown movies when I was younger, I think Pam Greer would have been like my first like celebrity crush. Celebrity you know? crush. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I can definitely, I'm not I can definitely argue see with that. that. <laughs> and then as as the black exploitation movement though, as it as it uh as it grew and throughout throughout uh cinema and just like everyday life, you know, how it, it started to permeate everything. So we saw we saw a reflection of it 
in the people, we saw people who were trying to be either Chef or Rudy Ray Moore or, yeah. or Ron O'Neill. We would see that. And uh, the, the comics, the medium at the time, Marvel kind of jumped on it. Yeah, definitely. Marvel definitely. jumped on it. Marvel said, hey, <laughs> hey, we can do this too. We can give we can give you guys a bulletproof black man, yo, in Harlem, yeah, and he he had all he had all the jive speak, yo, all, all the, the manner speak. all the mannerisms, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's like whoever wrote airplane just said, hey, use this on Luke Cage. <laughs> okay, I don't remember any verbatim Luke Cage quotes from then, but I'm sure he called people jive turkeys oh, a um, time or two. He he. <laughs> He stared Dr. Doom down in his face and said, give me my, my money, yes, honey. Yes. Oh, my God. Yo. I was going to get into that story. Oh, <laughs> yeah, do, do, Dr. Doom killed him. <laughs> Dr. Doom hired him for something and didn't pay him or whatever. It skated. Luke Cage go to the Fantastic Four headquarters, steal their jet because they have to on the right, you know the right. GPS to his place. He go there, rough him up, dude, straight up. <laughs> Give me my money, man. <laughs> oh, wait, did he take the Fantastic Car? He took the Fantastic Car. Yeah, yeah, straight there. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, and he he would say like "Sweet Christmas." Yep, "Sweet Christmas." Sweet yeah, Christmas. that was his tag. That was his tagline, but. At, it's kind of funny because at the time of black exploitation, we also saw the martial arts films at the same exact time uh, yeah, come nice. in. And then Marvel, yo, we're slightly ahead of DC on this one, jumped on it again and said, hey, we'll give you a whole master <laughs> of kung fu. Yo, I, I, I wrote some notes down. Uh, Luke Cage uh, made his debut in June of 1972. Okay. Uh, Shang-Chi, master of kung fu, made his debut in uh, December 1973. And uh, Iron Fist in uh, 1974, mid-year sometime. Nice. Yeah, so they was coming with it with yeah, those yeah, new kind of characters. Yeah, they stayed, they, and you also had the Daughters of the Dragon in it at yeah. the time, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. Yeah. Like like Marvel saw that, and even with the even with the uh, horror films, they were like, hey, we'll give you a Dracula, yeah. a Frankenstein, yeah, that's true. a werewolf. Yeah. Like, they, like Marvel just went for it in the <laughs> 70s. We got everything. You started they, seeing they a lot more. It. You started seeing a lot more bell bottoms and afros in the comic books. That's true, too. Yeah. Even when characters didn't need, like, a motherfucking afro. Like, yeah. why did the Magus have an afro? <laughs> like, right, you know right. Why did, Mag why did Magus have an afro? That's a good question. <laughs> one of my favorites on this, uh, also one of my favorite 70s comics, was the Justice League of America. Yes. You got Justice League of America, you've got Black Lightning. Mm. And Black Lightning was amazing in that he did not sport an afro in his day-to-day -day life. The afro was a part of the mask that he put on. Yeah. Which is freaking fantastic. <laughs> even, even he recognized that the Afro didn't need to be, you know, yeah. he was not an Afro guy. But Black Lightning, yeah. the black superhero, he needed to be an Afro guy. Wow. So, so he had to play a character when he became a superhero. Yeah. You know. Uh -huh. hey, oh, and I, he was all about Jive Turkey. Yo, what? I yeah. got a quote. I got a Black <laughs> Lightning quote that includes those two words. It's from uh, Justice League uh, issue number 173. Uh, Superman's on the cover uh, oh, saying, we want you on the team, Black Lightning. And he's like, with that jab bunch of turkeys in the JLA, forget it. <laughs> no, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, I have that episode. The Jive Turkeys, to whom he was referring, yeah. was the JLA in costume as really third-rate superheroes. Like, there was one that was a 
gorilla with a bra and a ponytail. Jeez. I want to say that was Black Canary. Wow. Um, and, like, they were real scrubs. I, I looked at the cover today, and uh, I was like, wait, who, who are they? I remember that cover because right. I remember the, the jive bunch of turkeys or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, I didn't I didn't remember the storyline. So, yeah, they, they were they were looking like some some F listers. Like, <laughs> really <laughs> not even worthy of the League of Substitute here. No, no, no. Oh, the League of Substitute. Wow. That made Legion. a that, that made. Yeah. Legion. That made a neuron fire, though. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a long time. But it's like 70s culture really did like it exploded. Like like these seven like like I know every era is a thing. But the 70s just seemed to have this brought about this change that just was like it just kind of the waves kept coming. Yeah, definitely. You know, like the like the the music changed, the the mm-hmm. politic, the political scene changed. More people were speaking out. Uh, uh, more more rights were given. More rights were taken away. We all know how that goes. Right, right, right. Um, so like, but it 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 it, it infected the art, and at the same time during all of this, so it, we have hip hop birthed in the background yeah, yeah. of all of this. Right. So the 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 infant of the infant culture of the time that was born. So we had comics rolling, we had music and rock, everything was just exploding. Yeah. Black exploitation was going on. Mar- Kung Fu films were a thing. Can I inject one, of course. one more in here? Okay, also 1972 and uh, one of the classic but under-recognized uh, black exploitation films, uh, The Harder They Come. Oh, yes. Jimmy Cliff, The Harder They Come, that is yes. about reggae and about uh, him having to turn to street crime and shit gets crazy. Yeah. But that essentially is the film that broke reggae into the American consciousness. Yes, it is. And so right there you have the black exploitation tie-in to reggae, and reggae has always had connections to hip-hop, so yes. it all kind of comes together. It does. It all, all this, this whole, the 70s just gave birth to a, a lot. It was like an explosion of ideas because it was it was pretty much like the acid trip of the 60s yeah became became the the artistic movement of the 70s well more black people got involved and yes, yeah, definitely yeah. more black people got involved um yeah you had a lot like the 60s yeah you had a lot of the social social consciousness in the in the music and uh in the politics and everything that was going on uh but the black people that were involved well you had the the, the mass movements like dr king and yeah. uh, malcolm x and everything but like you know you had Jimi Hendrix was like an anomaly, you know, yeah. a little bit part of that scene. But in the 70s, yeah, you had P-Funk, you had like uh, Sly and the Family Stone, you had like all these uh, groups coming out, these colorful black groups kind of putting their, uh, their ingredients in the mix, you know. Right, right. And, and we see... Pretty that- much planting the seeds, though. Yeah. Or yeah. everything I mean, else that's coming afterwards. Yeah, I mean... Oh, definitely. If you think about it, the if we didn't have the black exploitation movement, the comics of the time, and the kung fu movies of the time, we would not have the Wu Tang Clan. Exactly. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all of those all elements, of that, yeah, all of that is in the Wu Tang yeah. Clan. Yeah, all of that. What's so your it, favorite kung fu movie? Five Deadly Venoms, man. I, Ooh, I knew you was going. Come on. I mean, I could I could have went Flying Guillotine. I could have went uh uh Cripple Cripple Masters, which is one of my personal favorites. All right. You know, right. but right. to me, to me, the five, to me, the five Deadly Venoms had everything I could want in a, <laughs> in a kung fu film, because it had secret societies. True. It had you didn't know who was who, didn't know who to trust. It had an invincible guy for a while. Yeah. And, and then it had someone who mastered every technique. So. It, right. it had All everything. Right. You got, yeah, it, it you had got some revenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sound like Kyle's got a different uh, idea. <laughs> so I got a different idea. 
My favorite is uh, Shaolin versus Lama. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Nah, that's that's a dope one, man. I like it. I love the action scenes, the story. It was just I don't know, it was good pacing. Um, mine was a kid with the golden arm. Like Ooh. yeah. Man, I love that film. I and, and you know, I think it might have been you know, cause uh I remember going downtown to the theaters to see like some of the kung fu films, okay. you know, you know, when I was a kid. And I think that was one of the ones that I saw back then, you know. Uh I don't know if they were like showing because this had to be in like the early '80s, so they might have been showing like some of the older films. Uh, but yeah, Kid with the Golden Arm that just always stood out to me. Yeah, the characters, you know. No, yeah, that's a dope. I haven't seen it in a while. Like, uh, it's kind of kind of hard to find. I think. Uh, I found the DVD like on Amazon. Uh, yeah, I have to because yeah. I haven't seen it yeah. probably since the since the late '90s. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. Nice. Uh, neither of mine are going terribly deep, but, you know, they're classics because they're classics for a reason. Uh, either, obviously, Enter the Dragon because mm. yes. Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. like, come yes. on, you can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. But that's yeah. like saying, what's your favorite movie? It's Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Uh, but also then uh, Drunken Master. Drunken ah, Master yeah. is good. Okay, come on. Good yeah, that's Drunken good. Master is good. I am that's currently good. raising my drink. To drunken master. Oh, well, well, all right. Yeah, well, can't Cheers to drunken master. A uh, kid with the golden arm had a, a drunken guy too. Yeah. <laughs> I think every major kung fu movie had some drunken trainer, master, teacher. But, yeah, yeah. But as we also see, uh, like you said, you know, we see more inclusion of 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 African Americans and Black people in in the art forms. So the art form is expanding. Um, but as we also look at the comics, the comics, this is the seventies is also the first darkening of comics where thing where things start to get a little, little, a little realer. Like death, you had the death of Gwen Stacy. Death of Gwen Stacy. That, yeah. That was major. They hadn't, they, that hadn't really been like, you know, like, Hey, let's remove someone major from P- Peter's life. Right. That's mm-hmm. not uncle Ben. Right? right. And make it permanent and have it have long-term consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, it was it was also the first that whole that whole little scene right there was also the first death of Norman Osborn. Mm, that was the first true. time you got a you had the loss of a loved one and the loss of a major arch villain all in the same in the same issues. And also you see Spider Man, he swore, he's like, I'm going to kill you. Wow. He, he didn't say I'm gonna get you, Norman, I'm coming <laughs> after you, Green Goblin. I'm, I'm going, going to kill. kill you. So what is Marvel's deal with just making Peter Parker just stay ridden with guilt like all the damn time, you know? You know, it's it's that it if Batman is built on on money, Parker's built on hard times. Right, right, right. The, I think the reason that we re- that anybody relates to Peter Parker is because he has problems that anybody could have. Right, right. Rents due. Yeah. Family members sick, no job, struggling trying to hold it all together. Yeah, girl trouble. Girl girl trouble. And bullied at school. Yeah, yeah, bull, <laughs> bullied at school. And the entire time he's out here trying to do, like, the right thing. He never once, like, you know, really sat back and said, you know what, if I really wanted to, I could be a star athlete and all, and all my family's problems go away. Yeah, so he was like a, a younger character that young people could relate to. Gravitate you know, to. So that kind of translated into the toys and the Halloween costumes and things like that. And he yeah. was he was colorful. He was colorful to look at, but at the but he had problems that anyone could like. You pick up an issue of of Spider Man. Most of the issue is him worrying about how he's going to pay his rent. Right. You hey, know. Hey, but you you were talking about how things started to get darker. 
So uh, I looked up some stuff like some of the characters that Marvel like introduced in the seventies, like Ghost Rider, nineteen seventy two. Mm. Uh, uh, Hellstorm, 1973, you okay. know, uh, Punisher, 1974, nice. Moon Knight, 1975. So, yeah, they definitely brought in these different kinds of yeah, characters. Yeah, it took a, took a turn, for the, turn for the dark. At that time, DC was still holding on to the, like, we are the golden. The golden age. Like, yeah. Like, we are, we are the. Golden age heroes. We're the standard bearers. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, here we are. Yeah. And they were, as we've talked about before, DC was getting cosmic. And, you know, 70s is the is where Jack Kirby was getting really weird with it, like yeah. psychedelic. He, he and which is true. And then Marvel had a young kid named Jim Starlin. Yo. <laughs> and Starenko. And and Starenko, yes. Yo, I I brought the uh Marvel Masterworks uh volume one nineteen featuring Warlock is the story storyline with Warlock against Thanos. And this is pretty much like my favorite comic book story ever. So like that's yeah. a great one. That's that. Yeah. You love you some Warlock. I love me some Warlock. So, <laughs> so, so speaking of Warlock, who made his debut in, um, well, he came out in 1967, but uh, right. Jim As, Starlin got a hold of him in the in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, because he was originally him, and he was in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trying to steal everybody's girlfriend. Yeah, trying to steal. Yeah. <laughs> was, well, actually, first was he? He was made by Advanced Idea Mechanics. And they called him Adam originally, right? The no, I thought man? it was the Enclave. Maybe it was. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super science background guys. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but yeah, speaking of Adam Warlock and that storyline from the seventies with him and the Avengers and Spider Man against Thanos. So I've been waiting all my life, you know, for a, 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 a film featuring Thanos, right? Yes. But I thought the film was going to feature Adam Warlock, too. So, like... Well, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, kinda, man. Kinda. 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 Okay. Well, the Infinity Gauntlet is a 90s story, but they grew out of this story yeah. that Starlin started in the 70s. So, Adam Warlock's, like, my favorite character. So, to see them base, like, the the highest grossing film ever on the characters that Starlin created, Thanos, and that storyline that Adam Warlock saved the day in without Adam Warlock. So I kind of got a little beef with <laughs> Infinity War and Endgame, though I uh, thoroughly enjoyed Infinity War. Okay. And, yeah. Endgame. It was it was cool. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. No, I can I, I feel you there. The uh the seventies Marvel uh stuff, especially the cosmic stuff. Yeah, it, it got it got out there, got it got it got weird, but it gave us it gave us so much. And like, I mean, I'm looking at you guys both in your Thanos shirts. Yo, so obviously, I I I know I I know that you guys got a thing for Thanos, the Mad Titan. Yes, I know. I know you want to blink everybody away. I wish I would. <laughs> I, I know you. I'll, I'll wipe all these niggas out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, one of the reasons I was salty when Endgame. You know, I you know I feel feel kind of bad about that. I wanted Thanos to win. You know what I'm saying? So yo, straight up, <laughs> yo. straight up. When it was close and he put that glove back on, I cheered. I was the only yeah. one that laughed, but I cheered. I was like, do it, do it, yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, but that that's how that's how much the '70s comics influenced me that I wanted Thanos to win. In uh, in Infinity War. That, that's really that's really dope that that you guys are for the uh, universal genocide. Hey, bro. <laughs> that's good to know. Hey, bro. That's good to know. Hey, bro. Who not to give cosmic cues? To? <laughs> <laughs> You're on the list. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's a good use. Was that uh, were those kind of stories in the '70s? Was that the first time that they had like these things, like the cosmic cube that could like wipe out like existence well, and things? Well, th- the Fantastic Four books. 
from the beginning have always had something because it yeah. was Jack Kirby and Stan Lee saying we're going to throw anything to the wall and it, whatever sticks and whatever doesn't stick is still going in the book. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, before that, before the well, the co- the Cosmic Cube came around, uh, which actually was an advanced idea mechanics aim. OK. Made the Cosmic Cube. But before that, in the Fantastic Four, you had the ultimate nullifier. The nullifier, yeah. Which That's was, right. which is how they how they scare Galactus back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is you know they, they had a little, it had like a twenty two, yeah, like a space twenty two. Pew, right. They point out of here, big guy. They, right, right, Get out of exactly. here, big fella. <laughs> They pointed at this at this skyscraper of a man. <laughs> get out of here, man. And they're like, scram! If you don't get out of here. <laughs> right. I want to wipe you out. <laughs> oh, start a nullifier. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because the characters couldn't beat uh, Galactus of their own no, ability. No, because he's a he's a force of nature. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a he is a force of nature. He is he is has a purpose, and his purpose is to eat planets. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You just have to deal with it. He comes a calling. It's not an act of he's not there to be mean. It's yeah. just something we got to do. You got to live. Bro, got to live. Right. He sends somebody out there to find, <laughs> to yeah, find the meals. You know, the Herald, like, yeah. Right. I mean, he was he was Uber Eats. Silver Surfer was Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah, Silver Surfer. Uh, he was Cosmic Uber Eats. Airwalker. <laughs> Airwalker. Fire, Fire Lord. Terax. Yeah. T- oh, Terrorist was badass, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, G- Galactus, though, has a horrible track record with Harold staying loyal. Who was his most loyal hero? Nova. Nova, yeah. Nova was Frankie the, Ray. Frankie Ray was yeah, the most loyal Harold he had. Well, I guess you could say Silver Surfer before he before he split. Because Silver Surfer brought him he was the longest tenured Harold. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So that means he brought him well, he said himself, I fed him countless worlds. So right. you know. Yeah. Which uh, one of the cool moments? What and I wish I could remember the book when Ghost Rider Pennant stared at the Silver Surfer mm. and he felt the souls. Oh wow! Of all the pl- of all the people he had condemned. Oh, that should hurt. Yo, he was not a happy person. Now, what title was that in? I believe I believe it was an issue of Silver Surfer. Okay, okay. I want to say it was during one of the crossover issues of Infinity Gone, but I could I, I could be wrong about his placement. But he's he, Ghost Rider has Pennant stared the Surfer. Wow, wow. Yeah, that happened. Hey, uh, something else uh, in the 70s comics that I kind of uh, looked up that I remembered, uh, the uh, Green Lantern, Green oh, Arrow hard series. Traveling Heroes. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that was a monumental series um, because it was the first time that that they put race relations yeah, yeah. to the forefront of a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was pretty dope because it was Green Arrow going to Green Lantern and saying, hey, you deal with all this space stuff. Yeah. You're out there flying around, uh, saving all these people. Why don't you get in this Jeep and see the world with me? Yeah, uh, let's take, let's help the common man. Let's help, let's help the everyday man. And they put the Green Lantern's um, battery in the truck so they could never so they could never run out of power. Right, right, right. And they drove around America, pretty much like confronting racial injustice, mm-hmm. any sort of like like just pretty much the ground level stuff, poverty, famine. They they were dealing with all that. And one of the best issues. They were helping a uh, and I, I, they were helping a, a young black guy in the south. And he said, "You've helped the purple man. Yeah, you've helped the yellow man. You've helped all these people in space. But what have you done for the brown man here on plant on yeah. planet Earth? Yeah, that was hard. That was that, yeah. That was Neil Adams. Yeah, yep. Neil Neil Adams and uh with uh Denny O'Neill. And Denny O'Neill. Yep. And uh, another uh, controversial issue. Uh, I don't know if it. Yeah, it was it, it was in their run, but uh when Speedy. 
Yeah, the heroin issue. The heroin yeah, issue. Yeah, that, yeah, that that was one of the first books to deal with drug addiction. Yeah, um, like like ugly drug addiction, like right. showing showing him with the needle in his arm. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that was, and to have it be Green Arrow sidekick. Right, right, right. Sidekick. Yeah, it was it was Green Arrow sidekick Speedy, appropriate name uh, to be doing heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was. So it wasn't his ward; it was his sidekick. Well, it was both. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it was this. It was both. At that point, Roy Harper was the ward of Oliver Queen. Right, right he right. was really on it, and they yeah, showed he was, the graphic. Yeah, they showed they they the cover is yeah. one of the like he's dropping the needle as wow. they kept, like he's like, you know, dropping the needle. Wow. Yeah, they they showed it, um, and then they they did a similar thing in Amazing Spider-Man with Harry, but it, it felt tacked on. Oh, okay, okay. Marvel but, did that afterwards. Yeah, yeah, Marvel did it after after. Uh, Roy Harper. We could do it too. It. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we can have a heroin addict. Uh Osborne's kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah him. <laughs> him. Him. So so the seventies mm-hmm. maybe uh like the excess of the sixties, uh in the seventies it kinda became maybe more damaging, you know, yeah. for for people's like lives and things like that. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. I mean every everything has a has a the, the free the the free love movement has repercussions. Like, oh free, definitely. Yeah. Like, free, like the free love movement gave way to the to the uh to the the, the tight wallets and Wall Street cats of the, of the 80s. Right, right. Ah. You know, yeah. So, you, like, every, every. The baby boomers. Right. <laughs> e- every, every decade's cultural, e- even at, like, the art, no matter how big it gets, there's always going to be a backlash at some point to some of it. And we, we do see that as the years go on. And, yeah, like, the 60s had the Timothy Leary uh, tune in, turn on, drop out thing. Yeah. And the upper class and middle class kids were doing psychedelics and becoming hippies. Mm-hmm. The 70s comics more addressed the fact that if you do, in fact, tune in, turn in, and drop out, life gets real hard on you real quick because the drugs cost money and you're going to have to do things to get them. Yeah. Uh, and that continued, in particularly in DC comics in the 80s, where yes, we've already talked in the past about Teen Titans and Terra, and yeah. the Teen Titans went back to that well. Yes, they um, did. With the drug addiction and you know, inappropriate the, relationship of, <laughs> of terror and Deathstroke, we have it's there indeed. It's but there. Uh, you know, the seventies was where they showed the grittier side. They did show the things. It wasn't glorified. It was uh, yeah. It was down cautionary and dirty, tales, indeed. Yeah, they they meant them as cautionary tales. Whereas the whereas the grit that was born from that in the eighties though became a little more glamorized because then oh, as, yeah. as you see the transition, while we did get the Punisher in the seventies, mm-hmm. the height of the Punisher's popularity yeah. was the late eighties, early nineties, where he was he just kick ass. Yeah, he was yeah. you know, he was just taking lives and nonstop. It nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you ever sleep, Frank? No, no. Nope. <laughs> no, no mission. Uh, looking back on the, the 70s comics and when they were introducing, like, uh, the black characters, whether in Marvel or DC, one of the things that, uh, like, I love those characters, Luke mm-hmm. Cage and, and uh, Black Lightning, but uh, it's Falcon. almost like Falcon, yeah. And, and Okay, all right, I'm, I'm going to say this first. So I was, you know, looking up some stuff today, and I <laughs> yeah. found this commercial from the 70s uh-huh. uh, because, uh, you know, they would license their characters yeah. and the companies would make, like, the action figures and everything. So I saw a clip from this commercial and uh, they had like the Hulk, and then uh, when it got to Falcon, it was like Falcon, 
the winged black superhero. <laughs> so, <laughs> this was like on a commercial, like right. So, so being like black was like a character trait. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It was like yeah. a personality trait. Yeah, you know, power but, in itself. But winged was first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they had a little white kid playing with the doll though when they right. when they said it. <laughs> And that, that's kind of funny that, you know, because a lot of people, a, a friend of mine used to joke that why isn't Falcon's name Black Falcon? <laughs> like, he used, to, he used to joke with me like that. I am just now remembering, like, call it 1976. Yeah, we had, me and my brother had that Falcon. That Mego Falcon. The Mego Falcon. The Mego Falcon. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. tall or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we had that. We, yeah, with the, we with the rubber head with, and the cloth, and we the cloth were, wings. We yeah. were playing wow. with the winged black superhero. Wow. There you go. We were the kid in that ad. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. It, 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 it is fucked up, but then it's kind of like, if I ever see that action figure, I'm going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. It's going on my mantle with all <laughs> which, the... Which I think at, at one point in time, Playmates re-released all of those. like So the, like the Mego Hulk, Spider-Man, like all those like rubber-headed cloths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've, those have been re-released several times. So you mm-hmm. may not, it may not be hard to find a... Winged black superhero falcon for your for your mantle. All right, all right. <laughs> to go on the mantle with, like, I think I got like, I think I got like nine different Thanos uh, of figures. Of course you do. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Of course you do. Like, 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 yeah. like, write the address down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think like four or I'll five bring my of camera. them. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. I think like four or five of them are like Funkos, and like a couple of them are like the bigger size Funko right, so, Thanos. So, so when when the show is over, we're gonna need you to send us a pic. Yeah, so yeah. We, so we can post the so pic, post of, a pic of the of the of, of the, the Thanos, Thanos collection. collection. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I get home, I'm gonna take a, a pic of the Thanos because uh, they're all kind of near Thanos each other. Shrine. The Thanos shrine. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, it's, it's some other characters on the mantle. I got a I got a Doctor Voodoo. Nice. Yeah, Doctor Voodoo got nice. a. Got a, a Black Panther. Also birthed in the 70s. Birthed in the 70s, Voodoo, yeah. yeah. When he was brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo. Yeah, he was brother Voodoo then. But he wasn't really respected then. He didn't get his props then. Nah, he, like, <laughs> to the east, my brother, to the east. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like, you know, Blade was birthed in the 70s, but, yeah. you know, he didn't get popular till till later. So yeah. it happens. <laughs> it, it definitely happens. So we've talked about black exploitation. We've talked about mm-hmm. martial arts. That's right. We mm-hmm. talked about comics and how they and how all of these things kind of influence each other, how they all were, you know, playing off one another. And with that, we had the birth of hip hop in the background. Yeah. Right. At what point did hip did hip hop start to separate itself from disco, from soul, from rock, from gospel and begin to be its own recognized thing? Because I'm a child of what happened afterwards. So, like, I came up in the 80s. Same here. Right. So so when did hip hop really separate itself and become boom, like here we are. Right. So I mean, there's the obvious huge departure, right? Where initially hip hop was party rhymes, right? Yeah. Like you were getting asses on the dance floor, the DJ was spinning beats that were to get people dancing. Mm-hmm. And the MC was its own art form, but it was an accompaniment to the DJ, right? Right. right. The, the DJ was the was the, the focal star point. of the show. Yeah. Um the obvious huge departure where hip hop takes a radically different direction is uh gangster rap, right? It sort of went firmly away from the party to the point where when NWA did one party track uh at the end of Straight Outta Compton 
that was remarkable. Uh-huh. <laughs> but bef- significantly Wait, the, before the, that, not, the song the song itself wasn't remarkable. But uh, no, 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 the song is unremarkable. But what it was doing was <laughs> a departure from the rest of the album. Um, no, uh, the point that I would say that it takes a turn, and you guys are subject matter experts, regardless of age, but correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, Grandmaster Flash, the message. Yeah. Because then that was that was socially conscious. Yeah, and it was a reflection of society of what was time. going on at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the bars were... The, were well, yeah, the bars yeah. were just so far above what we, people what was, were doing before. Right. Yeah. Right. Melly Mel was just like... He was like, was he the first God MC? Pop. Hmm. Possibly, I think that whole collective. I think the I think the Furious Five were were slightly ahead of the curve lyrically. Oh yeah. Um. Then some of their contemporaries. I don't think we got to really see it fleshed out because what you know, Melly Mel starts to do his own thing and say he's separate. Well, actually, it was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Melly Mel was a member. Yeah. Right. Of right. the Furious Five. So let's let's get that part straight first. To me, Cowboy was the was the man <laughs> of the Furious Five. Like when I if I had to pick a lyrical. Like, a, a, like someone whose verse just stood out on the message. I mean, Melly Mel killed it. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, unemployed, all non-void, walking around like the pretty boy. <laughs> oh, Cowboy definitely. was yeah, the man. Definitely, too. definitely. <laughs> Cowboy was no, the man. The song, the whole song was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Just, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. It was amazing. But, but you know, I think uh, though the subject matter, they kind of uh, went a different route than what people were doing before. Uh, the production was still kind of similar, I think, to what, Oh, yeah, was it was kind of de- going it was on a before. Beat. It wasn't like boom bap yet. It was not. Nah, no, not no. at all. Not not yet. It was because it was still the mix. I mean, you still had white lines and stuff like that. Yeah, that was yeah. Coming out. And it was still a mix of disco meets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fusion with this rapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I think from from my perspective, when I was like kind of listening to hip hop, you know, I heard all that stuff. I heard uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. I heard Curtis Blow. Uh, but I think. For me, when it started to like become something else, uh, you know, I think hearing like uh, Schoolie D, hearing mm-hmm. Schoolie D on like HPK uh, and like BDP and Rakim, I think Rakim was like the first rapper that I just like really gave a fuck about to where like, no, I got to hear everything this right. dude does. Like, well, you know he, what was, I'm he was so vastly different. And so, and so pretty much what we have then is the music of the 70s. The 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 soul music, the funk music, the rock, all of it gets gets gives birth to hip hop. Yeah, hip hop is all of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it is it is every every genre, and but and then hip hop blows up in the eighties. And since this isn't the eighties episode, we won't go too far into the wonderful wonderful Not world. Not yet. That is the <laughs> that Not is yet, the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. You know, we won't go too far. We we did a we did a slight. Toe dip last season, but we, we're gonna we're gonna stay firmly entrenched in the seventies here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus. 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 Well, well, but the 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 rapper like Rakim, they were directly influenced by oh, the definitely. dudes that came out like in, oh, yeah. in the seventies by the the people that came oh, before. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the definitely the movement of the seventies gave us. Um, actually, I think you can make a case for the separation really starting or really sonically with Run DMC. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because. They they really kind of broke away from the pack of how everyone was sounding. For sure. But the thing is, we're talking the 70s show. This is the 70s yeah, episode. The 70s show, yes. mm-hmm. this, but can 
how many 70s hip-hop tracks can you name? No, not, not that many. Right? Oh, it's where it was many. birthed, mm. but the 80s is where it, it came was into its embryo. own. Yeah. And like you're saying, KO, where Rakim made you give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the 70s party rock or uh, party rap, it's, you know, good and it's important, but it's not something that you go to. And we, we it's not something you go to. We have to we, we we would be remiss to speak of hip hop in the 70s without speaking of Rapper's Delight, because that that was actually that was a huge turning point because that was the f- first recorded like that was a, like it's a hip hop album that was put out. Well, the, the first notable, I think, mainstream record, I think there was one uh, before that. Um, we'll have to do some research. Yeah, we'll have to- <laughs> Oh, I have what will be an unpopular opinion, but the first notable mainstream hip hop crossover. That's yeah. Blondie. Yeah, Blondie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blondie, definitely. And yeah. you know, she's not she's not a great MC. She, uh, <laughs> she, she is was not. Though. Yeah. It's Wait, not, what? as a old boss of mine used to say, it's not that the bear dances well. It's that the bear dances at all. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not it. here at all to say that, that Debbie Harry is any kind of, like, dope MC or anything <laughs> like that. I'm not, I'm not here to say that at all. But I will say that her bars on some of those Blondie tracks are better than some of the shit we're hearing Ugh. out now. Oh, yeah. Snap. I knew it. There you go. Culture. That, that's cult- all I wanted to generational say. Generational burn. <laughs> <laughs> generational burn. I knew it. Get your bars up, you young kids. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Count Get off my lawn. <laughs> well, all right. You know, we are we are hitting the, the the end stretch here, and it's it's never a complete episode until Kaz educates us with fly notes. Fly notes. Y'all ready for fly some notes. fly notes? Yeah. Fly notes. Fly notes. All right. First fly note. What's happening? What's going on? Actually, Nintendo opens up a pop up lounge. In O'Hare, where travelers can play games on their screens and Nintendo Switches and stuff. I want to see how long that lasts. As, as a Switch owner, I'm for that, but I can also just play them at home, away from strangers. But what if you're a traveling man? Then I'll just, I still, as a Switch owner, I can just play in my little, while I'm waiting for my plane. You're selfish. Am I, am I, how is that you're selfish? Just selfish. I, I don't have, it doesn't say share your Switch Lounge. That's what the switch is there for, Tim. <laughs> to share? To share. Yo, bring your own. <laughs> you a mean dude, man. Little kids <laughs> crying and shit. <laughs> All right, next fly note, man. Um, Transformers dropped, a, um, Hasbro dropped a trailer for Transformers. Um, Netflix is oh, yeah. picking up a series for the um, War for Cybertron. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a trilogy. Uh yeah, Ooh. it looks good. I saw that trailer. Yeah. yeah. I think it's called like Siege or something like that. Yeah, Siege. Yeah, that's yeah. the first that's the first installment. Animated animated uh, CGI. CGI animated. Um, I am offended that I did not know about this. I <laughs> I am I am, thank you. You educated me. Okay. Fly, that's you that's fly why note the fly notes. Yeah. yeah. That's Yo. why I do the fly notes. You yeah. Know? For those who can't see, there's a rainbow that says, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> Above my head right now. <laughs> and also, note to self, go watch that trailer go right after that this. Yeah, watch that trailer, man. <laughs> nice. uh, what else I got? Um, okay. Their, um, movies are in production, guys. Oh. Very exciting. I saw that horrible bloodshot trailer. Yeah. Oh, it's like a I real wasn't quick one. Bring though. that up, but yeah, you want, you could talk about that. That's terrible, terrible, 
Terrible. Thumbs down. If Man, I had I, more. I wish I had more <laughs> hands. <laughs> wow. Get that movie eight thumbs down. Damn. I'm not a Vin Diesel. I don't. Uh, Vin Diesel, to, I can, I can, for, for an action movie, it's, I can, I can stomach it. As I look at that trailer, I'm just like, I see nothing. And I've read the current Valiant Bloodshot. I read the, I read several chapters of it and even its relaunch and even some of his miniseries. There's nothing about that movie that makes me say, hey, this is a Bloodshot movie. To me, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a it's popcorn a grab. Movie. Yeah, wow. it's, a, it's a pop, it's a, it's, fa- it's a fast and furious with him being able, it's, it's what Hobbs and Shaw was. They fought like an enhanced person. It's the same thing. Yeah, but that was a better production. Looked like it. But anyway, mm. moving on. Yeah. What's Other the, what movies else is are production? in productions. <laughs> um, I'll start with the Venom. Venom Two. Woody mm. Harrison started um, playing his role. As Carnage. Yeah, as Carnage. Um, there's little photos and stuff, and him, Tom Hardy, getting it in. Well, you know, acting, not getting it in. Yes. Pause. Yeah, I got um, you. All that. Shit. I knew what you meant. Yeah. So, what do you think? Any thoughts? Um, as someone who is just okay with the first Venom movie, I'll probably be okay with this one. Uh, what I Tom Hardy is a great choice to play Eddie Brock. Um, I think it's dope. I I've gotten over the fact that it doesn't tie into Spider Man. I've let that go. They let may be building something though. Can I make a confession? Yes. Go ahead. I, I still ain't seen Venom. Right there with you. I yeah, still yeah. have not seen Venom. It's 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 okay. You're not okay. missing too much. Yeah, it's I mean, okay. That's that's what I felt that it wasn't like that it's entertaining, but it wasn't like yeah. you know a must see. No, nah, it's not a must see. It seemed inessential. Yes. Whoa. It 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 was essential. It was. That was the word of the episode. Yeah, inessential. <laughs> Take that one home, kids. But Take all that their one home. all their hard work, Scott Free. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad that everyone who who Participating in production of that movie got paid their equal share. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that the same thing happens in the sequel. All right. So moving right along, another production exposed photograph of a masked superhero on a motorcycle. Mm. That ugly suit on. Back to the man. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited that there's a movie. But I'm not excited about that suit. So you saw the suit. You yeah. wasn't impressed. Not at all. They broke down some of the comic book um, influences for yeah, the I, suit. I, I saw it. I saw it, and it still he still looked like a guy that I would try and hit with a chair. Wow! <laughs> like, does that suit really protect you? Let's Great test Paul it. Paul and Nash with it, huh? Yeah. Straight up. So you wasn't. So all right, maybe that was the stunt double. You know, that's probably not. I mean, they they need to CGI complete, fix that mask, straighten out the ears, make the suit look like a suit. Wow. You didn't like the bat cycle, the Batmobile? It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want honesty, man? I'm giving you honesty. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to wait till this movie come out. Damn. <laughs> probably. Probably I am. I'm probably the, sold, the harshest. So you're not so on none of this. Um, I mean, I'm happy that it's all happening. I just I'm including ready. Venom. Well, I, okay, <laughs> I'm I'm not happy. It's <laughs> <laughs> happening. I'm not happy is happening, but I've accepted it. Okay. 
It's like a trip to the dentist. I don't want to be here, but I've accepted the fact that I'm here. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> the new Batman movie is like a trip to the dentist. No, the Venom, oh Venom, the Venom movie. <laughs> the Venom movie. The Venom movie. <laughs> All right, I'm hoping they don't put that on the poster. <laughs> I'm talking about the Venom movie. Wow. Uh, are the I- I- any other notes? Because <laughs> uh, uh, apparently I'm just shooting things down left and right around here. Nah, we good. Man. Are we good? <laughs> hey, hey, can, can I bring up one thing yeah, earlier? Because I don't want to leave y'all audience hanging. Yeah, yeah. You know, ahead, so so there's it? the controversy about what is considered like the first like. Uh, Hip hop record. So there's Sugar Hill Gang, Rappers to Life, 1979. Mm. But there's also uh, the March 1979 single, Kim T, King Tim Three, Personality Jock by the Fatback Band. I've all, I always see them throw that in whenever whenever they're talking about I the first hip hop record. I never heard no Fatback Band. Whatever you just said. Fatback <laughs> Band, King Tim Three. In parentheses, this is Personality my first time Jock. Here just Google man. Can, can you throw some bars? <laughs> Yeah, I ain't saying the song had bars or that I even know the song, but I'm just saying <laughs> a lot of like uh hip hop history recap things, they 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 reference that record. You know what I'm saying? So we 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 might all have to go out and listen to uh, that yeah, record. I think I'm okay. gonna have to go listen right, to the that fat bag man. That's homework. We'll put an asterisk on that. Yeah, one. yeah, that's homework. Yeah. That's homework. <laughs> thanks for coming, old man, fanboy. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks for having me. But Word. it's actually according to Scott. Uh, uh, you know, you you hit me up on uh, Facebook. That's it's true. it's even older man fanboy. <laughs> As, uh, and you gotta say the whole thing. Right? I, 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 my birthday was yesterday, so uh, oh, yeah. happy, happy birthday, birthday. Happy, happy birthday! Yeah, yeah. So All this right. is a cool like birthday present to be a guest on the oh. Fly Nerd Group show. Thank you. Hey man, yeah. I just want to let you know, man. We Nacro family, man. Nacro. The first time I seen you, you was at we was in the goddamn Hair Washington Library. Yeah, and we was doing a cipher. And you were sitting down at the table. And you, wherever you were slaughtering, you were slaughtering. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I, I'm going to keep my eye on this Yo. guy right here. He's dangerous. Yo. So. Hey, um, when, I, I just dropped a, a single last week. Go ahead. Um, Morning in America. Uh-huh. Um, it's a single. It's on Spotify. It's on all the digital uh, downloading and streaming uh, uh, platforms. Uh, there's also a, a video for Morning in America. And right. I consider right. this like my first official music video. You know That's what I'm cool. saying? Yeah. So, y'all, check that out. Morning in America by K.O. Razen. Yo. Aha, yeah. Right. K.O. Razen. So you heard it here. K.O. Razen. And you're always Morning welcome. You're always welcome, man. Fly Nerd Group, man. You're always welcome. Yeah, for sure. Come back, man. Yeah, come back, G. Yeah, we, we Very we insightful. Have to have you back. Yeah, man. Oh, hey, it, it, it was a blast, man. Yo. All right. But that's enough, yo. All right, All right so that's enough kissing his ass. Let's end this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is our time. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. Kale Razin, thank you so much for showing up. I am Soul Star. I am Kaz G. Along with Scott Free. And this has been the Fly Nerd Group. We are out of here. Peace. Stuck peace, in the peace, 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 peace.